With the featherweight reach, man, his future is bleak. Whack ass Paolo with that chin so weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we fucking with the whack-ass Paolo. My man Izzy put a stop to this whack-ass Paolo. Gave it everything he got, did this whack-ass Paolo. Beat him up, Izzy catch a charge. Extra long and extra hard. Put this jab right in his face. Break his nose till it's in shards. Kick up top or in his side. Make him swing wild, at least he tried. Bust up his mouth, look in his eyes. Make it look like he took a dive. Paolo fans, are you surprised? Change your avi, you wear a disguise. All that king of... Of bitches did was make Izzy look like a god Crush his dreams, make him scream After the fight, go make a scene Izzy may be super lean But let him show you why he's the king Wobble him, topple him, keep on about him Quick sidestep before you let him get his punches in Show him how to do it, they forgot you are the champion Rearrange his face so we can go back to modeling Talk your shit, you earn this Don't let him blink cause they might miss You really just gotta let Izzy do his thing He already showing y'all that he changed the game Now take your coaches and go home Fucking whack ass Palo Put some ice on your dome, fuck Fucking whack ass Palo. I don't never want to hear about this whack ass Palo. You can go back to the prelim, bitch, you whack ass Palo. Oh, welcome to the Fighting with Myself podcast, the podcast for the above average MMA fan. Hosted by an above average man. Did you think I wasn't going to do that shit? Like I said I would. Last week, I told y'all I'm doing WAP for Whack-Ass Palo. And I did it. And I'm never going to stop. Oh man, this is going to be a fucking wild-ass episode. Thank you in advance for any Palo fans that are putting up with my bullshit right now. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your boy. Um, Went a little hard there in that intro. And uh, there are some people that, um, you know, Paolo means a lot to them for specific reasons. And uh, I just want to say much love to those people, specifically Miss um, Rome. You know, shout out to you and your poppy. You know, much love. With that said, I'm going to recap some of the stories that came out of UFC 253, go over some highlights. This is a fucking banger of a card, probably card of the year in my opinion, uh, so far anyway. Um, and I'm not talking about just on paper, I'm talking about how it turned out, you know, all the amazing fights that went down. Uh, really, it was it was, a, it was an amazing showing of talent last night, and I can't wait to go over it. We're going to talk about some news, not MMA news this week, um, just some world news, and uh, I hope you guys uh, stick around for that. But if not, I'll give you an out, I'll let you know when it's about to happen. And then, we all, of course, we got the forum. Um, and we're going to preview next week's card. I mean, I said that I wasn't going to do that, and then I, I, did, I did this week's card last week, and I'm going to do the next week. Um, I think, uh, well, I'll explain when I get there. But uh, let's talk about these fights last night, man. Um, Juan Espino doing Spain proud with that nasty... Scarful, and I've said this before. I said this about uh, our man King Kong that debuted a few weeks ago. Um, if you're an above average grappler at heavyweight, you're a god. Um, like Juan really did what he wanted, and uh, he he took him down and got that scarfold right away. Um, that shit is nasty. Like I always think, was I have I have neck problems, um, especially like when it's like compressed like that, 
and this scarf hold is both a compression and it can cut off the air, air, airways and, and, and things like that. So like I would fucking tap so quick to that shit. Are you kidding me? Like other stuff you can gotta like um I did I've I've had one jujitsu class in my life and I roll with this brown belt and he fucking toyed with me. Um shout out to, to Brazilian top team in Fullerton, uh four hundred East Commonwealth Avenue. Go check him out. But um he fucking toyed with me. Um he had me in an arm bar a couple times and I was like gutting it out and trying to squirm and I escaped you know once or twice. He had me in a guillotine once, fucking tap right away. Rear naked joke, tap right away. Um, like anything with the neck, I'm like, tap. It's just, it is what it is. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Juan Espino. I got to say, I was a fan of this guy on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, it was Ultimate Fighter season 28, I believe, the last one they had with uh, Kelvin Gastelum and Robert Whittaker as the coaches. Super weird that it was like male heavyweights and female featherweights. Um, yeah. Like all the featherweights they got were fucking bantamweights, as is the case with most uh, featherweights in the UFC, which is fucking crazy. But uh, what was I going to say? You know, it's crazy that Juan Espino won that season, and this is the first time he's fought since then. Uh, Maurice Green, the crochet boss, who was also in that season, has fought, what, three, four times? It's crazy. Shit is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I used to drop that fucking meme so many times. <laughs> Shit is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, we're looking forward to Juan Espino, uh, Silver Fox, can I say? My man is pushing 40 and looking like very, uh, guapissimo. And, uh, his, uh, his nickname is El Guapo, which I always like, you know, like to me, that's like Boss Rudin, you know what I mean? But Boss Rudin was Dutch and, uh, Juan Espino is, is actually Spanish. So I think he can take it. You know what I mean? I think he can take it. I think there's other people that have the El Guapo nickname that, uh, are not Hispanic and, if you're not, then you should let it be boss's nickname. That's all I have to say about that. I don't know. I'm super weird, but uh, Ludovic Klein, man, that this fight with him and Shane Young was quick and brutal. And I have to say, uh, Ludovic needs to fucking make weight, and that's fucking it, dude. Like we're gonna get to it at the end, but Izzy's idea of uh, taking ninety percent of your purse or eighty to ninety percent, I'm fucking with it, dude. These people don't fucking give a shit about missing weight. And uh, Shane Young, I was super excited for this fight, man. I don't know if you guys saw during fight week when he did the haka and was like, you know, chanting and getting in fucking the guy's face. And Dana White was super awkward. And he was like ignoring Dana when he was like stretching his hand out. He was just like, ah, ah, just like fucking pounding his chest. I was so hyped for Shane Young, man. And he did this interview um, on media day where he was like, I want to raise awareness for men's mental health in, in New Zealand. It's really, really bad. Um, that was probably not that good, but um, Tricky Ricky, let me know if that was good. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, and he wants to shed light on like the indigenous people, like the the Maoris and and uh, stuff like that. And, and I just think that's really, really important. And so I was really looking forward to Shane Young. Now, there are a percentage of MMA fans who like to ignore those kind of things. And they just think, oh, you guys are going to win just because he, he talked about oh, Maori and mental health. It's like it's not about that, dude. It's like you you want to to give your energy to these people. You want you want to put your chips behind people like that. You know, I, I'm not going to sit there and fucking, you know, watch Ludovic's old fights and make a prediction based on that. Like, I know that's a, a sound thing to do. I'm not saying that, like, people do that are dumb, but, like, that's not what MMA means to me. And that's why I wanted Shane Young to win so bad. So, um, kudos to, to Shane Young for taking the fight 
uh, of a guy who missed fucking weight. And um, kudos for being a warrior in there. So we're going to hype up Shane Young instead of Ludovic. How about that? And, uh, you know, man, D Diego Sanchez needs to fucking retire. Like, that is it, dude. Plain and simple. And, and I have recently adopted a new um, policy when it comes to that. Like, you know, whenever I would see a fighter who's a little bit past their prime and they're taking some bad losses, I would be like, oh, man, they need to retire. But then I sort of, you know, I heard from other people and just other fighters speak on this. Like, who am I to tell someone what to do with their life and, and what they should do with their job, like when they should retire, you know? Um, I mean, it's different in, in sports, right? It's not like ageism. It's not like someone who's at your office who's in their 70s and maybe it takes them a little bit longer to do their work and you're like, well, how about you retire, man? Like, that's not my say. But when it comes to professional athletes, like, I think we do have a say sometimes. And so I've sort of calmed down with like clamoring for people to retire all the time. Like with shit like that, like with Cowboy. Uh, I th I really think he should retire, but I'm not going to to sit here and, and go on a soapbox about it. Like what, he's going to do whatever he wants. He's Cowboy. Diego Sanchez, it's getting bad. He is being taken advantage of by a fucking cult leader in Joshua Fabia. You see that bitch walk up to Matt Sarah at breakfast and, and they're looking for a fight thing? Like, dude... Shut up. You're a trash person. And it sucks because Diego Sanchez is like putting his full support behind this guy and wanting to be his like poster boy for that school of self-awareness or whatever the fuck. But bro, you are letting this guy take advantage of you and making you look like an idiot on national television. Jake Matthews beat the shit out of Diego Sanchez. And... I definitely thought that was going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and say I gave Diego no chance, but I gave him no chance. I mean, come on. Like, we, even if he was still at Jackson's, you know, it would have been a better fight and he would have maybe come in in goddamn shape. But Jake Matthews was still going to always win that fight. And um, I don't want to talk, sit here and talk about the loser uh, of, the, of the fight because that's the main story. And so I want to, uh, you know, give respect to Jake Matthews and, and say that I'm, I'm always super hyped for, for his fights because Smokey J is always like, he's from my part of the world, man. I love Jake Matthews. Victoria, yeah, stand up. And I'm always just like, fuck yeah, Jake Matthews, dude. Plus, Jake Matthews did that video with um, Tyson Pedro and Taito Ivasa where they were like, things fighters say after sex or whatever. It was so funny. And Jake Matthews like got in there. And I thought that was really funny. Um, plus, I love Jake Matthews on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, I don't know why he fucking destroyed his body going to lightweight for all those years. The man is a killer at 170, um, which just kind of goes to show you that going up in weight is, is often more beneficial. So big up to Jake Matthews, Diego Sanchez, hang him up. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and belabor the point anymore. Just fucking stop or, f or fire Joshua Fabia. Because I was thinking about this too. Like, people were talking about uh, how he came in uh, out of shape. And whenever people say that, I I, I feel like it, it does teeter on body shaming. Like, yes, there are professional athletes. And, and yes, there's like, you know, weight requirements of their job that you can talk about without being like uh, problematic or out of line or anything like that. But... Sometimes, like, dude, you just gotta let people live their fucking life. Like, we're in a pandemic, and, like, like Jake Collier, who went from middleweight to heavyweight, uh, like, basically out of, like, not out of choice, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of was forced to because of that's where his life is at right now, and I feel bad for him. But Diego Sanchez, I don't feel bad for him because 
part of the reason that I believe that he's in the situation is because he doesn't have a gym to go to to do the strength training and do the cardio that he needs to. He's he's training with a fucking guru who says shit like crack the coconut and like shadow and, and all this other, other bullshit. Like right now you can get access to a gym. If you're part of a team, they can open it at certain hours. They'll give you a key to the gym. Like Israel Sunny's team, they slept in the gym, which is boss as fuck. Cause he's boss as fuck. Um, but Diego Sanchez didn't have that. And so I get it. I get why he, he came in like that. You know what I mean? In terms of his, his physical uh, appearance or, or what have you, I get it. But but that's your fault. That's your fault for being with a guy who does things like go up to Matt Sarah and try and like demand respect when you haven't done anything to to get respect. You've done nothing to earn anyone's respect. And and I kind of felt for for Joshua Fabia um, the week after you know his uh, his first fight with with Diego. I think it was when he fought Michael Chiesa, or it might have been uh, the Michel Pajeda fight, but. But that feels like it was right before the pandemic. Like, I think it was longer than this. But anyway, he was like had to go on these interviews, and like Luke Thomas had him on for like fifty minutes, and it seemed like he was like the laughing stock of the community, and no one was like willing to like talk to him rationally. But then, like you've had your chance at this point. You're just a piece of shit. Like that video that I saw of him like doing all these other things, like trying to teach self defense to the troops and things like that. Gross. Like Joshua Fabia, you're gross. And uh, Diego Sanchez needs to retire or fire you. That's it. Or both, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Because regardless of where he's at team-wise, Diego Sanchez is um, has had a lot of wars. And I'm not going to sit here and say CTE because we all know that, uh, or maybe some people don't know because of, of the way it gets thrown around. CTE can only be properly diagnosed after death. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's pretty pretty fair to say that Diego Sanchez is likely going to, to suffer from that. And it's really sad. But moving on to more positive things, Brad Rydell is a fucking killer, dude. Holy shit. And I thought he was going to make it look easy, but what he showed me is that he can deal with adversity. Because um, Alex De Silva, that, um, that fought uh, Brad Rydell, is a monster. And I didn't know that. And shame on me for not knowing that, but I was like, oh yeah, Brad, Brad Riddell's going to fucking do work on this kid. Yeah, dude. Um, no, he earned that victory. That was a hard-fought victory. Um, kudos. Kudos to Brad Riddell and to to Alex. Although, fuck, uh, I don't know if it was his fault or the stupid ref almost made it. Brad Riddell threw a nasty hook and the guy starts grabbing his eye like it's an eye poke and the ref almost jumped at it. I was like, don't be fucking Chris Tione on us. Don't go fucking full Chris Tione, you piece of shit. That was a legit punch. Like, Eugene Behrman was screaming. Paul Felder uh, was saying on the commentary. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I'm, I'm such an advocate for no crowds because they were able to hear that shit and they were able to uh, prevent a bad call from the ref and from the fucking fighter hamming it up. Like, it was a fucking eye poke. No, it was not, you dumbass. So, yeah, uh, no crowds for life. Fuck a crowd. Or put them in a soundproof bubble and you can watch from outside the bubble. And woo so that no one can hear it but your stupid self. Woo! Fuck a wooer, dude. Fuck a wooer. If you've ever been to a sporting event, well, I shouldn't say sporting event because I don't give a fuck what we do about the sports, but if you've ever been to an MMA event and you woo, I want to fucking pee on you. I want to piss on you. <laughs> yeah, I love Chappelle's show. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's all I have to say about that. And Hakeem Dawadu, kudos to him 
for for being the share of, of the guy that missed weight. Man, I was worried for him. Like, Zubaira came in fucking overweight, didn't take the 90 minutes to cut weight. You, you ain't shit, Zubaira. You ain't shit. Like, I never want that guy to have any success in the octagon ever again. Especially, like, Hakeem Dawudu, I want him to have all the success regardless of, of the opponent. But Zubaira should should not get any more success. He's been cut from the UFC. Fuck him. Fuck him. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now. But yeah, Hakeem Dawudu is a beast. And when you start putting some respect on his name, give him Arnold Allen. Give him a fucking ranked opponent. Although Arnold Allen is like, I was looking at the, the graphic they pulled up in the post show. Arnold Allen is on a seven-fight win streak. And that's in the UFC, rather, specifically. Um, that's going back from his debut. He hasn't lost in the UFC yet. And he's just barely cracked the 15. Whereas Zabit's ass is on a six-fight win streak in the UFC. And he's not going to throw a title shot. Fucking ludicrous, dude. Arnold Allen for the, for the bell. That's what I'm going to say. Obviously, that's a ridiculous take, but... I just want Arnold to get a big fight, and I feel like every time, like a featherweight who's almost in the top fifteen wins, they're like, "Yeah, what about he fights Arnold Allen?" Like, yeah, stylistically, it's a great fight, but Arnold Allen needs a fucking ranked ass opponent. We need to do fucking Arnold Allen versus I don't know. This this is not a show about Arnold Allen. It's a show about Hakeem Dawudu, and uh, obviously Israel Adesanya, Adesanya, which we'll get. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but anyway, um, Brandon Royval is the real deal. I got to say, because he he made his debut. He had a wild-ass fight with Tim Elliott. And I'm not saying that I don't respect Tim Elliott, because I do. I'm, I love Tim Elliott. But a win over Tim Elliott in that sort of situation didn't tell me where he was at, because Tim Elliott gets in these scrambles and sometimes puts him in bad positions. Puts himself in bad positions, rather. And that's kind of what happened. But like He had Brandon Royval in trouble at times, like, what I'm saying is based on that, I wasn't ready to say, oh yeah, Brandon Roval is legit. No. After this win over Kai Kara France, who has my respect for just like everything that he's done and just being, you know, a part of Izzy's team. Obviously, I'm I'm big on the city kickboxing guys, but dude, um respect to to Brandon Royval. That was a nasty, nasty win. And uh amazing fight so i'm really looking forward to where brendan rival goes from here big as fuck though i gotta say like kakar france is a legit flyweight like when people say like the flyweight should just fight a band away i'm like dude guys guys like kakar france would be undersized as fuck whereas you have a guy like brendan rival brendan rival is five nine like there are featherweights that are five nine uh hello i mean obviously they're like bigger he's pretty skinny but like brendan rival could fight a band away and he's fighting a flyweight and that's nuts to me so I'm like I'm also like not using that as an excuse for Kai. Like that was a well earned win, as I said. But wow, dude, the size discrepancy was like, whoa. But Kai dropped him. Kai dropped him. Oh man, that was an amazing fight. Super amazing fight. Yeah. Which again showed me he can come back from adversity. Love that. We love to see it. And we love to see Jan Wachowicz knocking the fuck out of Reyes, dude. Wow, I did not see that at all. I. Do not want to go back and listen to my last episode to see what I said, but I basically gave him no chance. I was like, Reyes is going to beat the shit out of him. I thought it was going to be a decision, to be honest with you. Um, I think I may have ended up picking, uh, I'm in like a fight pick uh, championship sort of contest thing. 
And um, I, I may have ended up picking Reyes by stoppage, like fourth or fifth round. But um, initially, I was thinking decision. No, dude. Wow. Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Um, Polish power is real. And I wanted to say this about Jan Bohovic because he has really had a resurgence lately that is just so awesome. So congrats to the new light heavyweight champion. Obviously, it's going to have somewhat of an asterisk on it. But um, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, Reyes is the real champ because he should have got the decision to John Jones and then also call this a paper title because it, it's a, for a vacant belt and it's not involving John Jones. You can't say that. And I'm not, I haven't specifically seen the, the same people say those things, like those two things, but like, come on. You know, we got to give respect where it's due. Like Reyes is a top guy and Jan beat the fuck out of him. Like he really did. He was kicking him to the body. That shit looked like a zombie bite. And they were showing the uh, the replay. His accuracy was insane. Like he hit that same spot. Like I th- I thought um, I thought that Mark was like maybe from one shot, and then the other ones went somewhere else. There was an accumulation, and because they showed it when Reyes already had it like looking pretty bad, and then one of the last like kicks he landed was right to that same exact spot. I was like, fuck, dude, that was awesome. Dude, Jan Blachowicz is amazing. And I, I remember saying um, when he fought Luke Rockhold, um, he was coming off a loss. And I was like, man, if, if Jan beats Luke Rockhold, especially if he knocks him out, I will dedicate my podcast to him. And um, I I did a little bit where I was like, he grew up in a small Polish village of like whatever. But I didn't go super in depth. And I, I want to. So I, I have to say this about Jan Blachowicz because I've been slow to to jump on board. And now I'm fully, I'm in. I'm in, dude. I really am. Um, because the first time I saw him, he lost to, to Gus, uh, Alexander Gustafson. And he basically, uh, had his way with him. Like it was 30, 27, I think on some cards, maybe been third, 26, but it wasn't like super exciting. Like Gus was coming off a loss himself and he just needed to get a win. He took Jan down. Um, he basically, and then that was the thing too, is that like Jan didn't show much like take wrestling or take down defense. Now we come to find out he's like a BJJ black belt. I'm like, what? You know, based on that, I was like not showing that at all. So we lost the guts and I'm like, okay, so this is just like another random European light heavyweight. Cool. There, there are a ton of them, you know, good for him, whatever, you know, all due respect, but that's what I thought at the time. And, and then he lost to Patrick Cummins as well. And, and again, no disrespect, but Patrick Cummins is not a world beater. Um, he's a guy that gets into just like really tough fights and sometimes comes out with a win, sometimes not. Um, and, and so he lost to Patrick Cummins. Then he beat Devin Clark, who at the time wasn't like whatever, but Devin Clark just got a nice win over Alonzo Menafield. Like he's starting to get there in terms of contendership. Like Devin Clark has come a long way. Um, he just, he beat Cannoneer, which I would say that was a 205 and now Cannoneer's at middleweight and, and he himself has had a bit of a reinvention, but uh, that's a, that's a legit win over Cannoneer. Um, he also avenged his loss to Jimmy Manua, who he lost a decision to earlier. That was um, previously the only fight that Jimmy had uh, gone to decision with. And uh, Jimmy beat him by decision. Then he lost to decision, uh, lost by decision to Jan. Um, and so, so uh, Jan got that win back by beating Jimmy. Then he beat Nikita Krylov. He submitted him, which was awesome. And again, I don't think at the time, like I think this is before Krylov got cut from the UFC. And then now Krylov has come back. He's given us amazing fights with fucking uh, Glover and Johnny Walker. Like Nikita, Nikita Krylov is legit as fuck. Um, and then he lost to Chago Santos, which again, I think Chago got a title shot off that. Like that was meant to be like a that was like a number one contender's fight, you know. And and uh, he gave Chago a tough fight. 
Then he comes back and KOs Rockhold. He beats Jacare in uh, admittedly a boring decision. Um, like I remember listening to <laughs> to Fernandez podcasts. Well, actually, um, which I've said is is one of my favorites that I I miss deeply. And she said something about um, she's like, I filled my brain with information so that I could get that uh, uh, fight out of my head. Did you know that uh, otters hold hands when they uh, lay on their back? It's super cute, right? Something like that. So I always remember the otter thing um, when I think about that fight between Jan and Jacare. But um, beats Jacare in, in, again, an admittedly boring decision. KOs the fuck out of Corey Anderson. I mean, he knocked him the fuck out. And then now this TKO over Reyes. They're calling him TKO. Um, I just like to say KO. When, when the guy dropped him like that, like he fucking beat the shit out of Dominic Reyes. Made him do the chicken dance, dude. He made him do the chicken dance. Like I And I have to say, again, not to take anything away from Jan's win, but I, I got to think that we didn't take into consideration when, when picking this fight that the war that Reyes was in with Jones could have possibly taken a toll on his on his body. Um, you know, shout out to, to Yugi uh, and the iPoke podcast for for kind of mentioning this, saying that um, like when Gus had the war with John, he was never the same. And um, I don't think that Reyes will never be the same. I think he'll he'll bounce back eventually. But uh, I think we didn't take it to account how quick of a turnaround this was. And it wasn't even that quick. It was just, you know, whatever. I also think Reyes may have come in a little bit overhyped. Not overhyped um, in terms of like our hype as fans. I mean, like overconfident himself because he was like, I beat Jones. This is just whatever. Like the UFC is disrespecting me by not giving me a full camp. It's like, bro, they give your opponent the same amount of camp. It's for a vacant title. Shut the fuck up. Yo. <laughs> Chell Stiesel had this amazing tweet that she deleted, but it was like, <laughs> she's from like the LA area, Southern California. And, um, uh, as am I, as you know, and Reyes is from Victorville, which is like, Victorville is, is that in San Bernardino County or Orange County? It's, it's more Southern. Like it's, it's near, like sort of near Riverside, Apple Valley, that, that area. And, um, she was like, I told my grandma, that guy's from Victorville. She's like, which one? I said, the guy that looks like he's from Victorville. I was like, dude, he does super look like he's from Victorville. Like you can just tell. Uh, it's so funny. But uh, th- that will only make sense to anyone who um, knows that area. So that was kind of a wasted tangent. But anyway, dude, big up to Jan. And now the moment we have all been waiting for. Israel Mabulaji. Uh, Dimitayo Odonio Olafemi Walabi Adesonia, the last style bender, is the king. And I will not tolerate anything to the contrary. Y'all love to root for Izzy's demise because he's super confident in himself, because he dances on the way to the cage, because he speaks his mind, because he speaks out against injustice. You guys want him to fucking get Knocked out. Well, fuck that, dude. Israel's king. I'm going to say it right now. He's going to retire undefeated. 30-0, and 0, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait. Is that my worst take ever? Maybe. We'll see. But right now, I think it's pretty damn good. Y'all said... Paolo was going to be his toughest test, and he made that shit look like sparring. 
He made it look easy as fuck, dude. Paolo was whiffing. Paolo was throwing head kicks. At what? At what, Paolo? What were you throwing those head kicks at? That shit was missing like a fucking bad habit. Oh my God, I love this fight. I love this fight. Izzy was toying with him there. He was ripping those leg kicks. At one point, they said it was 20 to, to none in terms of leg kicks landed for Israel Adesanya. Bro, how did you get to the highest level of the sport, fighting for a UFC title, and not learn how to check a leg kick? This is your king? King of bitches? This is your king? Fuck that, dude. Israel The last motherfucking style bender. I will not stop saying it. And I feel like that's it. Like I just feel so fucking glorified and justified in my hype. And I loved his post-fight press conference. If you guys uh, didn't see the press conference, um, he was like, they say I'm all hype. I mean, he said this, you know, in the lead up as well. He's like, they say I'm all hype. I love hype. And he's like patting the belt. And he said something really, really uh, interesting to me, really introspective. And it makes me realize, and I already knew this, but I want you all to realize that his mental approach to fighting is is so much more, I don't know, it's, it's on another level. And I know that's kind of a vague term, and we all we like to say that in this sport. And I was like, oh, he's on another level. There's levels to this and all that good shit. But, like, he thinks differently. You know, he's all about the flashy stuff and things like that. But that's that's just confidence. That's just being boastful. He said, the belt doesn't mean anything to me. It's the victories. If I, if I had lost tonight, I would have been sad that I lost, not that I lost the belt. The belt is just a nice... Uh, like Kuchman, he's like, gold looks good on black skin. I love that line, dude. I love that fucking line. But he's just like, you know, it's about the victories. He's like, this is my 100th combat sports win. 100th combat sports win. He's like, those are the things that are that matter to me. And they asked him about, you know, uh, Anderson Silva. He um, obviously, you know, appreciates the comparison, but says, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be like him. I'm trying to be like me and, and all that good stuff. And that's how it should be, dude. This guy knows what to say. He gets it. He really does. And so I know there are some people that are like super Whitaker fans and, and they're really upset about him. And and, the, and there's another people who are like not uh, comfortable with themselves and they read they saw the pre-com tweet and they're like, oh, he's still cringe. Well, guess what? Call me cringe too because I love that shit. I was laughing my ass off. Man, dude, I love Israel Adesanya. Adesanya. And that's it, dude. Oh, and anyone who says, like, grown men uh, should not call a grown man Izzy, like, fuck that, dude. It's short for Israel. Like, that's his name. Like, what am I not going to say, Jimmy? Because someone's name is James. I don't want to say James. Oh, don't call a grown man Jimmy. Bro, what? Izzy, 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 Izzy. Don't make me do the WAP again. Ha! Oh, I can't wait for this shit. Can't wait to talk more about it in the forum is what I meant because there are plenty of other questions about this shit. But I wanted to end on this note. And this is normally something that would be talked about maybe in, in regards to the forum. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the questions is about this. So I won't get too in-depth in it, but I wanted to just sort of lay it out here because in his post-fight press conference, or sorry, his post-fight interview in the Octagon, which I didn't even mention... Normally, the uh, the post-fight interviews have been conducted, like, remotely. Um, sort of similar to, like, being on the post-show or whatever. 
for COVID restrictions. And I get it. And like, it's fine. But I do miss, I did miss the, the in cage interviews and we got those tonight, which was super awesome. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. I, I, I really do. So glad that those are back, especially like the translators. Like that's a whole part of it that was lost in those remote interviews. Uh, I feel so I'm, I'm super grateful that we have those back now. Izzy used his platform to talk about guys that miss weight. He's like, these guys are fucking gangsters outside the UFC. They make money outside of fighting. You don't think they're going to give 30% of their purse to, to not be depleted. Like fuck that. You need to be taking 80, 90%. I think he said 90 and then, and then Dana like sort of amended in the press conference. He's like, Oh, 80, 90. Um, no, we need to be taking money from, from people. I, I agree with this 100%. So I just want to kind of lay that out. We'll talk about it later in the forum. So let's put a pen in it right now. And uh, with that said, let's also take a quick break and then we'll get into some news. All right. I mentioned at the top of the show that um, this news was not going to be MMA related. So if you are not interested in MMA news, uh, you can go ahead or sorry, you're, you're not interested in non-MMA news. Does that make sense? If you uh, are not interested in this kind of news, which is not MMA, go ahead and skip to the next segment. Um, and of course, if you're listening on a platform other than Anchor, it doesn't really break it down my segment in terms of your uh, ability to skip that way. But um, I'll try and drop a timestamp. You know, I, don't know, I won't because this, this this needs to be heard. And like I said, I give you I give you the uh, the, the the chance to to skip it, but I'm not going to tell you when because on the off chance that you might hear something and maybe learn something. And I don't have the audacity to, to say that I have like a lot to to teach on this subject, but I do want to consistently use my platform to talk about this kind of thing because it makes me angry that there is no justice for Breonna Taylor. And in many ways, we should have expected this. <laughs> you know, for as long as it took, like why would there be any justice? But I was just, I was so hopeful. We cling to hope. And the audacity of hope is that it sets you up for failure. It sets you up for disappointment. And if you don't know, Breonna Taylor was was murdered by police uh, wrongfully in her home. I don't know how many bullets uh, they found in her. I want to say it was like 22, 32. It was a fucking lot, dude. And I'm not going to sit here and you know go over the whole story. Like I'm not a journalist. I'm just providing some commentary on the situation because it is garbage. You know what the cops were charged for? They were charged for the bullets that missed. Wanton endangerment. These motherfuckers fired into her home from outside the door. From a, 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 They couldn't see in the house. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who it is. You don't know who you're, you're firing. You're just killing innocent people. And they killed the wrong person. And they, what, what were they charged for? Wanton endangerment of the shot that, that fired in the neighbor's house. Fuck out of here, dude. You call this justice? Hey, man, why did they give Breonna Taylor's family $12 million? If that it's not the definition of hush money, I don't know what the fuck it, fuck it is. If that's not an admission of guilt, what is? Why would they give her $12 million if the cops were innocent? No, fuck that. Defund the police, defund the fucking government, and defund anyone who disagrees. That's it, dude. That's it. And I, I'm I'm sick of talking about this stuff. It's not like I love talking about this. You think I love getting angry over over people getting killed? 
I want change. And that's what people are, are protesting about and marching about. It is, it is goddamn ridiculous. And I want to give a shout out to uh, a good buddy, T-Cross, from his podcast, Tea Time with T-Cross. Go listen to his episode. I want to say it's 63. has Brown Taylor in the title. Um, so you can tell which one that is. He did a whole segment on this, which is very important and detailed a lot more about the incident and about the specific officer than I, than I will, than I choose to do here. Um, because if I do any more, it'll just get, I'll just get so fucking angry and, and, and distraught that it won't make for good audio. So go listen to Tom's podcast and vote. I don't know if it, uh, is going to be played in the, in the last little ad or if it's going to be the next one. But fucking vote, dude. Regardless of your views, even if you disagree with me, vote. Because to to think that you have no vote, to think that your vote doesn't matter. Oh, well, I'm in a blue state, so it doesn't matter because it's going to be... Dude, that's bullshit. This is 2020, man. The fucking... The world is turned upside down. We need to vote. We need to get our voices heard. And with that, let us take another break. And we'll get to the forum. All right, let's get cracking. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the forum. This is where uh, my voice is not the loudest. This is uh, the section where I take a step back and I, and I let you hear from the voices of MMA Twitter and people get to get their uh, thoughts across on the fights. And uh, without further ado, let me start playing some of them. There are many ways to to submit these kind of questions. And I've gotten just about all of them in this segment, which is pretty cool. So um, here we go. Uh, first from a man, Harry Andrew. Yes, dude. (laughs) Big fan of that. Go follow Harry. Uh, And actually a quick uh, plug, shameless plug. Um, After I record today, I'm going to hop on Harry's new podcast, which I'm not even sure if if it's going to be uh, out yet. I think they're recording some stuff in advance, but just uh, keep an eye out for it. So definitely, definitely look for that. And, uh, wow, the, the Ricky Martin, man, I gotta say this, um, this whole, like, uh, comparing Palo Costa to, uh, Ricky Martin fans was, um, uh, hit, hit me differently because, um, did I say Palo Costa fans? I'm saying comparing Palo Costa himself to Ricky Martin. Um, because I, <laughs> I like Ricky Martin, um, not the uh, mainstream stuff, although it's kind of like catchy. It was like 90, you know, it like takes you back, like living La Vida Loca and she bangs. But fucking his Spanish stuff is so good and so heartfelt and his fucking voice rips, dude. Like if you haven't heard a few, um, I mean, if you speak Spanish, you probably have heard the song already. But even if you haven't, it's good as fuck. Look up Ricky Martin's song, Vuelve. It's so good. If you If you just look at the translation of the lyrics, like it's fucking deep as shit. Like, without you, life leaves me. Oh my God, it's fucking poetic as shit. I love, I love Ricky Martin. But yeah, fuck Palacosta. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. That was amazing. Hey, juicy baby. It's MMA Catfish. 
I'm going to try to take this in a little bit of a different direction tonight. Although that was a great KO by Izzy. Uh, Diego, one, can somebody please, 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 please get that dude a treadmill or a bike or something? Oy vey. What, is he cutting to 170 now? What is going on with that? However, moving on to his little school of self-awareness crap. You know, I think we talked about this several days ago uh, when I tagged in KGB about the fact that like he is following everyone because he's got some sort of scheme coming up, some sort of multi-level marketing bullshit campaign that he's going to be then suddenly DMing everybody about because they all got on their happy high horses. Oh, Diego follows me. <laughs> it, huh, can he just retire and go away? Like, props to him for all the things that he has done. But at this point in time, it's just sad. And his trainer's ego is just out of control. The guy just wants people to give him attention and know his name. Man, just do your job, and everybody will know your name. Ugh. Also, FMP. Yes, dude. This is the best. First of all, I love these um, voicemails that I've been getting on the on the uh, FWM hotline, if you will, which is what that was. And uh, because they, it transcribes it and it transcribes it usually wrong, but at least it allows me to kind of follow along uh, so that I can make sure that I hear everything properly. And then I can kind of look back at it after the fact. Dude, I echo everything you just said. You're absolutely right. The, the, the getting the follows, like the whole Sanchez army thing, like fuck off, dude. And if you're listening and you did get a follow, and that meant a lot to you. Like I humbly, you know, this is not directed to you. You know, I want to say that because you know when my favorite fighters follow me, it's the shit, dude. Like when Roxanne followed me, and I was like, oh my god, she knows me. Oh my god, this is the podcast. Oh my god, Molly McCann gave me a follow, and I was like. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm still waiting on that Izzy follow though, and we will get it. We don't don't get it twisted. I'm about to slide his DMs with that uh, full name pronunciation video. I'm about to slide in those DMs. I'm gonna admit him on the fucking podcast, dude. That's it. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Just D- Joshua Fabia needs to stop using Diego uh, like as a as a fucking like poster boy for this shit. It's it's so transparent and, it, and it's really just disgusting and just just to echo what you said about like giving props to Diego for what he's done yeah dude this is why I want him to retire because I want to remember him for those things if he keeps going like this we're not going to remember him as the guy that was the first ultimate fighter we're not going to remember him as the guy that had uh, an amazing fight with Gilbert Melendez and, and Clay Guida and they got into the Hall of Fame for that we're going to remember him as a guy who got taken advantage of and was fucking like embarrassed on on the largest scale for for mismanagement. It, it's just it's really sad. And uh, like, look at what's happening with BJ Penn. I'm not like he's dipping into that territory now. He's not not quite close. Like BJ Penn has, I think, like a record UFC losing streak, uh, which is fucking like not something you want to be known for. But come on, man, come on. Uh, it, it, it's really just, it's terrible. And, uh, I hope that he, uh, listens. 
not that I hope he listens to the show. I just hope he listens to people like me and people who are clamoring for, for him to make a change because it, it can ultimately save his life. You know, that's how I feel about it. But um, thank you. Thank you, MMA Catfish. Go, go give him a follow. Hey, Juice. Uh, also, this gets through. Um, yeah, I'm uh, doing grief counseling for Paul Paul Costa fans. <laughs> oh, boy. This is why fight math doesn't work. Okay. Sooner or later, folks will learn that. Uh, yeah, hope, hopefully everything is good. Uh, I wish you the best and, um, you know, and take care. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That was, uh, I believe, that was Milliken. Um, the only, the only drawback of these uh, voice questions is it just shows me the, uh, the well, the voicemail. Uh, like I said, from the hotline, is it only shows me the number, and um, I just have to make an assumption based on the voice, or if they say their name like Seth does, like hey, this is Zimmy Catfish, which I appreciate. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that because I want to shout you guys out um, who sent in the voicemails. So thank you so much, brother. Yeah, <laughs> grief counseling for Pelo Costa fans. I love it, dude. I love it. Um, and this is this is one where one time where the transcription I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing this because I think it's funny to me like the transcriptions on the voicemails uh, make a mistake it's so funny um, for that part uh, that Google thought he said I'm doing great counseling for Paul cost of an office boy <laughs> gotta love it man gotta love it again that's not on you that's on Google for fucking it up um but those are for uh, for for voicemails and and email questions. Now let's move into the anchor voice questions. First up is from the the man, the myth, the legend, Yugi MMA. Juice, my boy, my boy. Been doing some drinking, some smoking. (coughs) That's not Corona, I swear to God, it's not. (coughs) My curse was successful tonight. (coughs) Holy shit. Everybody who fucking blocked me took major fucking L's. But here's my question What do you think about Adesanya's? idea to tax people 90% for missing weight. Personally, people are going to say it's too harsh, but I love it. What's your thoughts, buddy? Let me know. Fuck yeah, dude. I should have uh, I should have let people... I forgot he opened with a bong rip. I should have let people think it was smoky. And it actually makes me um, uh, remember that, that time when we did the fucking bong rip Olympics on this show with Smokey J and Ali Ra. I need to get fucking... Uh, Yugi on that shit. I need to get Eric Sama on that shit. Uh, y'all need to be, to be in the fucking Bong Olympics. This shit is amazing. Uh, <laughs> bro, Israel's weight cut plan, I'm so for it. Let me tell you this. Because first of all, I've said this on the podcast before. Someone will find the audio. I swear to God, I've said this before. I'm pretty sure I've said take 100% of their purse or make it an automatic L. Like In my opinion, we need those extremes. Weight cut reform needs to happen. We need to make it uh, like a, a, a foul, an offense. Like I don't, I don't like start the fight without a point because that is cheating. That is cheating. Coming in overweight, over the contractual weight, having a fucking weight discrepancy when you've agreed to weigh in at a certain weight—that's fucking cheating, dude. That's fucking cheating. So, like, 
I mean, I, obviously they they're terrible at fucking point deductions anyway with these warnings. Like I, I do this out there. Someone was grabbing the cage and they're like, got another stern warning from Herzog. Bro, fuck a stern warning. Take a point. Take a point from that cheater and take a point from these fucking weight misters as well. Either start them with that without a point, like they automatically lose the first round, or you have a fucking ninety percent deduction of their purse. I'm for it, dude. Think about this. The average uh, UFC fighter right now, I know the minimum is like 10 and 10, or maybe it's uh, raised to 12 and 12 now. Um, but I think average, like a lot of them are on like some of the, some of the ultimate fighter contract and all these other things. I think average, if you were to average about from all the all the fighters, take an average of some of the people that make 100K and all these stuff, it's probably about 20K a fight. Uh, at least we can use that for easy math. If you only get 10% of your purse... That's $2,000. That's nothing. And you have to pay your coaches. You're in the hole. You're losing money because the percentage that the coaches get, I mean, every, every coach has their, um, uh, they work out something different. Like, uh, Elliot Marshall of uh, team elevation. He doesn't take money unless they're making hundred K, which I think is fucking super admirable. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you, uh, have to pay your coaches, usually it's a percentage and it's based on the, the full purse, not of what you walked away with. Even so they'd be walking away with a thousand after paying the coaches like that. You tell me that wouldn't motivate him to fucking make weight. It's bullshit. What they allow to happen right now, because right now you can just pay the fine and come in overweight. And be less depleted while your fucking opponent had to struggle to make weight. Like, I remember when Will Brooks fought uh, Cowboy Oliveira, the fucking Sperminator, as Rhino calls him, which I think is the best nickname of all time. Uh, that bitch missed weight. Missed weight heavy. The guy came in like 160 for a 155-pound fight. He missed weight so badly, and they gave the news to Will Brooks while he was in the sauna. He still had like an extra pound or two to cut. And he was like, I can fucking stop now you know and and whatever or i can finish and he finished he got on the scale even though will brooks's ufc career was was not good y'all like depending upon like what you thought of his belter career it was not what it uh lived up to be for for the ufc he got on the scale he was like that's what a professional like he was waiting for the commission to check it he was like what that say read that what does that say 156 i'm a professional like he was all fucking in his face and then Oliveira's bitch ass hit him with the crotch chop when he won. Man, fuck Oliveira sometimes, yo. Like, fuck Charles, uh, not Charles Oliveira. Charles is great. I think it's Alex Oliveira. Cowboy Oliveira. I call him Cowboy Oliveira. Brazilian cowboy. Fake cowboy. A real cowboy is fake cowboy too. Fuck it. Fucking pretending to be a blue collar when you're a trust fund baby. Like, <laughs> cowboy ain't shit either. <laughs> cowboy ain't shit. Um... Anyway, yeah, fuck weight missers. Fuck weight missers so badly. And and some of my favorite fighters have missed weight. But they they got their shit together and they they didn't make that sin again. And uh, you know, I was listening to Molly's podcast, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is or sorry, Coffee with a Chance of Meatballs, which is the best fucking name for a podcast of all time. Uh, that she could have because it's uh, about her nickname and it's about coffee and she has like women in sport and it's literally the best thing. She said that when she missed weight that time in London, 
Um, or it might have been Liverpool. I think it was London, though. Anyways, it was her UFC debut. She was coming from, like, uh, like boxing, and the weight culture in MMA was something she wasn't used to, and she wasn't cutting right. And so I get it. Like, the explanation of the miss, like, it makes sense to me. And she still struggled. And, hey, she lost. She paid the price. And she's never missed weight again. Like, this motherfucker, Jabari Tukulov, is going to miss weight again because he only had to pay a little bit. He's funded by a fucking dictator uh, in uh, Ramazan Kadyrov. He probably found was like, Good, good. I, I give you extra money. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. We need to be taking 90% of the purses. We need to be fucking starting them with uh, a one-point deficit. Fucking one-round deficit. You automatically lose the first round. That's it, dude. 10-0 to your opponent. As long as, the, as long as that opponent makes it out of that round, they win. As long as you don't get a finish, they fucking win. Would make for more exciting fights, too. Fucking tired of these weight missers, dude. It's your job. It's part of your job. And speaking of part of your job, what I what I didn't say um, about the Breonna Taylor thing that I want to bring this up, uh, I saw this tweet from someone who's a nurse, and it was, like a, it was like, as a nurse, if I go to the wrong room and give the wrong patient the wrong medicine and kill them, I will be disbarred. I will be in jail. I will not be able to practice medicine. Well, these fucking cops are walking free, dude. Bullshit. Like, if I showed up without the proper tools for my job, they would say, go home. Go home. Don't come back until you have the pro- fucking proper tools to do your job. That's it. That's what these weight missers are doing. It's cheating. It's a form of cheating, and it needs to stop. What is up, Juice? How about me and Hakeem Dowdu? The haters can go and fuck Zubira for not wanting to cut the remaining weight when he had an hour to do so. Let's... Yes, King. All right, go ahead. Talk about 145 pounds. Um, Who do you think has the best chance of taking that belt and defending it numerous times like Max Holloway was capable of doing, if anybody? At this point in the division, I don't know. I think the division is just so competitive that anybody outside of the top 15 can take and beat anybody and take their spot. So I'm just, I'm so confused if anybody can bring stability to that division. Let me know what you think. Hell yeah, dude. Honestly... I think the answer is no one. I think it's going to be musical chairs for a while. Now, I have to say, I'm still on the train that I think Max Holloway won the rematch with Volkanovski. Now, it was close, and um, it's hard for me to see anyone else beating Volkanovski, uh, but I think the Korean Zombie has a very, very good chance. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Korean Zombie is going to beat the shit out of Brian Ortega if uh, Brian ever makes it to the cage, and then uh, Korean Zombie is going to probably beat the shit out of Volkanovski as well. But, um, you know... But then I think from there it's probably going to be uh, a musical chairs. I was I was thinking about like I was trying to give a, a, a like a weird answer. I do think Arnold Allen has the tools to get up there, but they're fucking putting him through the murderer's row, dude. Like I said, seven fight win streak, and he's barely cracking the top fifteen. Like there are only a few other people who went six and zero in the UFC at featherweight. All right, or maybe it's just in general. And then I think they're also a featherweight. It was like Yair and Connor, and that's it. Besides, obviously, he's a beat now. And uh, Arn Allen is the other one at seven. Like he's he's doing things. I was also thinking of maybe Edson Barboza because I gotta say I think he he beat Danny Gay. Um, but uh, he has a tough fight ahead of him. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry, he did in Sadiq Youssef. But then uh, I just heard that Makwan Amir Khani is stepping in to replace Youssef. Maybe some visa issues or something like that. Bro, Makwan Amir Khani is gonna get killed by Edson Barboza. It's gonna be a fucking publicized murder. Telecised, televised murder, publicized, whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fucking, 
beating from Edson Barbosa to to Malko and Amirhani. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. Arnold Allen, he's the guy. Arnold Allen, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Love Arnold Allen's post-fight interviews. And he's like, my dad took all the steroids. Look at him, he's fucking jacked as hell. I'm clean as a whistle, though. <laughs> Gotta love it, dude. Um, all right, we got one more voice question. Let's get it in. What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Deuce and all you do said, so we all doing well. Uh, my question for you this week is, uh, what do you think is next for Izzy? Um, I know he's like Cannoneer if he wins, but uh, I don't even know who I see that beats him. You know, I didn't think Cost was going to beat him, but I thought maybe he'd give him a fight. That didn't happen. Maybe Izzy could get one of his training partners to come and uh, give him a title defense. Might be a better fight. Who knows? Anyways, that's my question for you this week, man. It is what it is. You know, it's always 420. Peace. <laughs> get one of his training partners. Maybe a better fight. That was genius, Jim. Bravo. Jim is the man. Go give him a follow. And I, and, I, and whenever I say this, I was, you know, dude, follow everybody that leaves these messages. I just... Um, sometimes I don't say it for everyone because I get caught up in the question. I think, I really do think the winner of Whitaker Cannonier is going to be next. Um, that's a really, really interesting fight. Um, Cannonier does pose some problems for Whitaker, but Whitaker can get it done. Um, I also really, I still have interest in the Till Adesanya fight. Um, that fucking Till's fight with Whitaker was super competitive, which, which surprised the hell out of me. And, um, I would love to see it if till if till, like, you know, Israel, I feel like has power with UFC. Like he wanted that Romero fight. They made it happen. Even though Romero was on a two fight skid, he uh, needed to fight Costa, even though Costa had not uh, faced enough top uh, 15 talent. He has said that Cannoneer is next. Like if he says after Cannoneer or, or maybe a rematch with Whitaker, what have you, um, if he says, I want to fight Darren Till next. They're going to make it fucking happen. So I would love to see that fight. Do Darren Till versus Israel Adesanya. I also, I texted my my boy Leo after these fights. We are actually, we're on FaceTime because um, they had just started up like a tweet from Wonderboy. I was like, dude, I still want to see Wonderboy versus Adesanya. I said this before, like that would just be such a, like a striking masterclass. It would be beautiful to watch. It would be amazing, dude. I, I fucking really want to see that. I really do. Um, yeah, and then that's it, dude. Yeah, I just, I just think like, dude, give him bodies, line him up. Like, doesn't give a fuck, you know. He, he's gonna beat them all. He's gonna beat them all. Like I said, thirty and zero, baby. <laughs> I'm so dumb. And I said that was the last voice question, and that is the last voice question um, for that was like sent in. But I wanted to play an old clip. Now this is been one of my favorite voice messages that has ever been sent into the show. I got so hyped for it. Um, when you when you send in a voice question on Ang- on Anchor, uh, you can title it, and and the title of this voice message from a year ago, almost to the day, uh, it's been slightly less than a year, like a couple weeks shy. Was there fifty two weeks in a year? It's probably fifty fifty one weeks old. This this voice message. The title of the voice message made the title of the show, and uh, I was hoping he would send in another one, but. Still, I'm going to fucking play the old one. So let's now hear from my boy, Tev. Yo, you know what it is. Izzy Hath, Izzy Gang, Assemble. It's your boy, Tev. Tev Talks MMA. 
not here to ask a question, just here to talk our shit. We fucking called it. Our guy did it. Um, uh, I just want to say this real quick. Not not only did he knock him out twice, word to Masvidal versus Cerrone, knocked your boy out twice, but I just want to let the Whitaker fans know, we're talking our shit like this because every time we had to click on a comment section for any content before this fight happened, we had to read... 3,000 comments saying, I can't wait till Whitaker derails this hype train. Oh, fucking Whitaker's gonna knock him out easy. Oh, Whitaker went 10 rounds with the OI. Bro, I don't give a fuck. If you're a seven-year-old and you picked Whitaker, bro, and I see you in the street, I'm slapping a fucking, your candy out your hand, bro. Izzy Hive. And he's gonna wash fucking Costa. Anyways, shout out Fighting With Myself. Uh, podcast, Tef Talks MMA. You're... Could I have said it any better myself? He sent that message in October 6th. 2019, right after Israel Adesanya beat Robert Whitaker, and you can replace everything he just said about Whitaker and make it about Costa, and that's the same fucking energy we've been keeping for the past. I mean, it's been more than a year, but it, since that happened, we've certainly been keeping it, and we, we had it before then. Make no mistake, bro. That's the best. Slap the candy out your hand, bro. I love it. I love it. And yeah, dude. If you notice at the end there, he said, and he's going to wash Costa. Tev called it. That's it, dude. That's it, dude. That's fucking it. And and that's all I have to say. Now, I have a couple of DMs that I want to read. These are very, um, very interesting questions. First is from my girl, Brat MMA. She says, drunk and hyped, hyped up Hannah has a question for the podcast, and I'll forget it if I wait till I wake up. To ask it, I'll forget it. Did Jan Wachowicz execute a perfect game plan against Reyes? He said before the fight that he knew what the weakness was, and he said that he would get a second-round knockout. Legendary Polish power. Good night. Whoa! I did not know that he said he was going to get a second-round knockout before the fight. Um, you know, I got to be honest. Like Fighters say those things, and you have to have supreme confidence in yourself if you're going to be successful in MMA. But to, to call your shot like that is pretty fucking gangster. I gotta say, like, respect to Jan and his team. Um, I love the story of him thinking that he needed to go somewhere else and then going back to his roots. I love when fighters do that. I mean, I like it even more when they stick with their team the whole time, like Izzy did and, and other people that should not be mentioned. But, bro, so important. Jan Bohovic, to answer your question, I think he did execute a perfect game plan. Um, flawless victory. Like, Reyes did get some shots off. It wasn't like Izzy and, and Kosa where it was like, Kosa looked like he didn't even fucking belong in there. Like, that was competitive at least for the first round. But Jan was definitely setting it up. And he got the fucking KO. He wobbled Reyes. Like, yo, like, that's fucking it, dude. Polish power. And I and I gotta admit, I was slow to, to get on the Polish power train. Um, but yeah, I'm fucking all the way in now. Jan... Uh, will be champion for the next few years. Next question is from my boy, Phil the MMA Dude. At Phil the MMA Dude. Go check him out. It says, podcast question. Putting your Izzy bias aside, how many more fights will Israel win before he loses his O? Here's the thing, dude. I can't put put a, put my bias aside. It's part of who I am. And it goes back to... And I'll still try and put it aside for your question, Phil. But it goes back to what I said about... Um, well, what Fernanda said about bias in uh, uh, her podcast, 
we all have a bias and it is so inherent and is so like intrinsically part of who we are that even if even the act of trying to be unbiased is a bias even even if you uh write for an outlet and and the bias comes from the editor you know that there's still a bias there you know you have even if you have a certain constraints to stick to like that's part of a bias so me putting in my bias side i can't because what part of the re reason that i love uh israel so much is that he reminds me so much of of parts of me and and i know that's pretty audacious to say especially uh we come from very different backgrounds and um i'm obviously not a fucking athlete but just the way he carries himself it's inspiring and uh i love him more more than i can put into words so how many fights will israel win before he loses his o all of them bro he's retiring undefeated i can't fucking stress that enough i don't care if i end up being wrong because i'd rather be uh wrong in, in predicting he's undefeated than be right in predicting his demise. I'd rather be wrong in predicting that he's undefeated. So that's what I'm going to say, Phil. Um, he's going to be fucking retiring defeated. Now, he is in a very tough division. So I'm not going to predict who will beat him if they do, but I could see in like three or four fights, like th there's a lot of young up-and-coming talent in the, in the middleweight division, like Kevin Holland, for example, Darren Stewart. You know, those guys are on the fucking come-up. So um, there may come a time when, you know, four or five fights from now, he finds himself in, uh, in a position where he maybe has a really tough fight and maybe he loses a split decision. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to predict right now that he, he retires undefeated because he said something in the pre press conference that fucking worries me. I'm not going to lie. He said that he wants to fight Jack Hermanson at some point to test his grappling. I'm like, no, dude, please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> like Jack Hermanson submitted fucking black belts. He submitted David Branch to the guillotine. He almost got Jacare, even though Jacare is like would never fucking tap to a guillotine um, or probably anything really. Um, he got Kelvin Gastelum uh, in a heel hook who is a black belt. Now it's a 10th planet black belt. And that's like, you know, it probably smokes weed with Eddie. And Eddie was like, yeah, you're a black belt now. Like, you know what I mean? But um, he's still fucking uh, submitted. It was nasty as hell. So um, if he tries to, to grapple with Jack Hermanson, it's not going to go well for him, I don't think. But um, knowing Izzy, I think he'll not let it get to that point. So, yeah, that's what I think. And thank you for the question, Phil, because there's a very important question. I just, uh, I, can't, I, I cannot hide my bias. I just am incapable. And uh, that's where we're fucking at, dude. That's where we're fucking at. Um, oh, Dan fucking, just send it, Dan. Decrons, love you. But always just send it. Because um, I'm running the forum and, and Decron says, can I leave something like an anchor today? It was nine minutes ago. Like, bro. I literally nine minutes ago was still recording the forum. Like I would have refreshed and I was summoned. Um, anyway, uh, much love to you. Uh, but this question is from Matai Stevenson at Matai Stevenson. This is my question is now that the war is over, can we friends again, bro, you were fucking disrespecting Israel Adesanya. I don't take that lightly. I don't take that lightly. Um, of course we can be friends, but, but bro, um, I'm putting all these fucking Costa fans on notice, bro. We did hear Skinny Cloud here. He's knocking him out. He ain't shit, dude. You saw that? He was missing all over the place. Man, anyone that thought Costa was going to be champion needs to fucking turn in their fan card. I'm just kidding. Obviously, I've made worse predictions. But, bro, come on, dude. You got to start respecting Israel Adesanya. He's not just hype. He is the best striker we've ever seen in the UFC. 
And I'm not just saying that. All right, this question is from Joe Bloggs at JoeBloggs74. He says, do you think if Costa had a better fight IQ, he'd have tried to take Izzy down after his white belt antics at weigh-ins? Yeah, dude, what the fuck was that? First of all, uh, Izzy's a blue belt. He got promoted by Andre Galvao, who is one of the best grapplers in the world. Andre saw him rolling and he was like, that's a white belt? No, he needs to be a blue belt. Gave him his fucking blue belt. Uh, but Izzy said he keeps the white belt mentality, which I think is super important. Um, so, yeah, uh, as far as that goes, he has to find the entry for the takedowns. Like his whole he, – he's been working with uh, with Captain Eric Albadasin, and, and you couldn't uh, work on some takedowns to implement your game plan? Fuck that, dude. His ego got the better of him. His ego got the better of him. Y'all said that um, – Costa was in Izzy's head. No, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. And that's it, dude. And this uh, next question is from Genghis Black at Pooba Pit, who is back, y'all, after a much-awaited return. Um, he will tell his story at some point, and uh, I'll let him do that. But he says, uh, I know I'm a tad late, but Frankie motherfucking Edgar. Yeah, dude. I told Genghis this, um, after Frankie's win over Munoz, I named the episode Frankie Motherfucking Edgar. Um, only reason I, I spelled like fucking is because um, when you have like a swear word in the title of a podcast, sometimes they like put the asterisks on it. Like even if I didn't put that, like if you've ever seen any of my other um, episodes in the past, like I, I titled one that was like, hold my fucking beer and they put stars on it. I didn't do that. It's like what um, iTunes or whatever automatically does. Like, I didn't want it to do that, so I put Fukin just to, like, whatever. But, yeah, Frankie, motherfucking Edgar. And I was hoping that Genghis would see that. So um, I'm glad that he's uh, he's back. And uh, your health is um, very important. So I'm, I'm glad that you're taking the time for that. And uh, this isn't even a question, <laughs> but this is from Mr. B. He says, this is petty, but worth it. Um, yeah, go give Mr. B a follow. Mr. B. Um, 1986. All right, now we go into the Threadhead Media Forum. Uh, for the past month, this has been the main home of the forum, and I want it to remain that way. Um, not enough people are using it, so I tried last uh, last night. I used the app invite link so that you could um, go on the Wix app and see it easier. Um, that really didn't um, yield the result that I wanted, so I'm just going to keep doing it the way it was before, I guess. But um, Uh, Braddy had another question. Um, our girl Hannah, she says, I'm just wondering what's next for Izzy. Not necessarily what makes sense. Just do you see anyone in the middleweight division posing enough of a threat to Izzy to be interesting? Yeah, honestly, like, obviously I'm going to favor Izzy over anybody. Even if he fights John Jones, who's arguably the best fighter right now on the planet, um, I'm going to favor Izzy and that's just it. Like, um, I'm actually not looking forward to that because if that fight happens, like me and Yugi are going to have beef and I don't want that, bro. I do not want Izzy to fight John Jones for that reason. Um, I want to see it, but I don't, I don't want that reason because I know it's not going to end well. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's all, it's all love. He knows that. Um, yeah, as far as like who could pose a threat to him, it would have to be at those higher weights. Like, yeah, the middleweight division, like I said, super competitive. Um, but I'm, I'm still going to favor him. Like Kenny is going to give him a tough fight. Whitaker in a rematch would give him a tough fight. Uh, Darren Till would give him a tough fight. The Joker would give him a tough fight. He can't, he comes out on top in all of those matchups. And I will die on that hill. That's it. Like, I will literally die on that hill. So, um, 
that is now the end of the forum. Um, and just to uh, recap for anyone, uh, just to like reiterate, this is what I meant to say, not recap, but reiterate. Um, if you want to get involved in the show, if you want to get involved in the forum, there are so many ways. You can literally, um, the FWM hotline, um, which I, I put as part of the part of the post, 213-267-2057. You can send a text and I'll read it, but if you do that, make sure to, to say who it is in the text. Like say, hey, this is Mixed Demand or whatever the fuck. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of that, Mixed Demand sent in a voicemail actually. Um, and he sent it earlier in the week um, and uh, with a, sort of a prediction. Like he's done it before, like he did it with Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker. He sent it on like the Tuesday of fight week before the fight happened. And he was like, Corey's going to knock Johnny Walker the fuck out. Like MMA tours and shit a break. I played that. I was like, yeah, have your shit king. I decided not to play his message this time because I didn't want to drag him. He's my boy, obviously. But um, yeah, you can you can send in the, the voicemail to that number. I think it literally goes right to voicemail when you call it because um, it's it's designed for that purpose. Pur -pur -pur purpose. Uh, but you can also send a text. I've gotten texts before. Um, you can DM me at, uh, on Twitter at FWM underscore pod or Instagram or Instagram. I don't put up a questions post on Instagram, uh, cause I did that once and it was like just really messy and annoying for me to go back and forth, but, um, definitely do that. Or at any time you can always send me an email at, um, fighting with myself pod at gmail.com. Um, that's also how I've gotten some voice questions in the past. Like MMA catfish used to do that before the hotline. And, uh, that's how Harry Andrews sent in his, um, so yeah. So many ways to get involved or Anchor still works. If you download the Anchor app and search Fighting With Myself um, and then hit message, you will uh, be able to record a one-minute one uh, voice message. That's the benefit of the um, hotline is that you can uh, leave the voice. I don't think there's a time limit on it. If it is, it's probably like several minutes. You know, but you can basically do it as much as you want. So there's tons of ways to get involved. If you want to send a question, just send it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we're going to end this segment. I was waiting on a message from Decrons, maybe. Um, doesn't look like I've gotten that. Uh, so I'm going to now wrap up the show with predictions. Well, not really predictions, but I'm going to highlight a few fights to watch from next week's card, which is also on Fight Island. And uh, it's headlined by Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. You know, I really wanted the last segment of each episode moving forward to be... Um, me giving you guys a new like musical to listen to because I wanted to bring some culture to the podcast. But in um, in doing the preparation for today's show, I just felt like the one I wanted to do, um, I couldn't do it justice. And until I can figure out how to do that, um, like it might be have to be like a separate venture. I don't know if I should do that or not because I don't have a lot of time on my hands to, to be able to do that. But um, I just felt like if I did, it would be super rushed. And it wouldn't be uh, anything I would do justice. But I did want, if anyone was looking forward to it, which maybe just a couple of people, um, I wanted to talk about a musical that uh, I'm really fucking obsessed with right now called Hades Town. It is uh, about the Greek myth or the Greek story Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, if you guys don't, this is one of my favorite Greek myths, actually. I was just like sort of lame to have like a favorite Greek myth, but um, it's fucking pretty dope. Orpheus uh, in the myth is like the best musician uh, of all time and he can like tame any beast with his um by playing the lyre 
which essentially is like a old fashioned guitar. Um, <laughs> and he uses a guitar in the musical and he's like, Oh, so play the lyre, but it's a guitar. I'm like, okay. Um, but anyway, um, they did like this modern sort of like steampunk version of the myth and it's got like super jazzy and like rock music and it's fucking dope as shit. And I just want everyone to like, look it up who, uh, cares about that kind of thing. Hades town. It actually, the, the, the gal that wrote it, I shouldn't say gal, what am I, my old, old timey guy, the woman who wrote it, um, uh, Anais Mitchell. It's N it's A N A I S Anais, Anais. I don't know how to pronounce, um, her name, but, uh, she wrote it initially and then it didn't get picked up. And so she turned it into a concept album and that got attention. And then she linked up with some, uh, director who, helped her like reflesh it out and reimagine it and then got it to Broadway. And now it's this like huge success, which I think is really awesome. The fucking, the guy who plays Hades has like the deepest voice of all time and it's dope as fuck. And he's like, Hey little songbird. Um, fucking dude, you have to listen to it. The song that he sings is like, wait for me. I'm coming. Wait, I'm coming with you. I'm coming too. And then like the, the fates are in the background. Um, who, if you don't know the fates, those are the, um, in Hercules, they were like, who puts the glad in gladiator? Like the fates, uh, or no, those are the muses. I'm sorry. Muses are actually a part of this, uh, but the fates are those old women who cut the string, but they're like, obviously like in this one, they're like more sexy. It's like a whole thing. And, um, and then he's like, I'm coming, wait for me. I hear the walls repeating. It's so gangster. And you guys have to look it up. So go look up Town, And that's all I have to say about that. Um, and now we're going to talk about some fights. Because that's what you're here, right? Um, listen, I didn't do every fight on the card. And I even, like, I looked at the main card. And I was like, well, I don't want to talk about all these fights. But some of the prelims are fucking fire. So we're just going to talk about some fights to watch. That I think are interesting, uh, whether or not they're uh, on the main card. The first one that is, I think, going to be super fucking interesting is Loma Lukbunmi versus Jinyu Fry. Uh, was super hyped for Jinyu Fry's debut. She was the Atomweight champion in Invicta, and she obviously lost to Kay Hansen in a tough fight. That was uh, that was really hard to watch because she was beating the fuck out of Kay until she got submitted. Um, and Loma Lukbunmi is always fun to watch, uh, dude. She. Uh, it's just like a little ball of fury in there. Angela Hill put a clank on her, but I think she'll come back stronger and um, and uh, give Jinyu Fry a tough fight. Um, I don't know who to favor in that fight, honestly, because they're both coming off losses. And, uh, like, yeah, obviously, I think even Loma was an atom weight initially, I want to say. I think they both are coming up. So this is, this is going to be a super fucking interesting matchup. Um, Whoever says that women's MMA is boring needs to go fucking put their dick in a grinder. You know what I mean? Like, women's MMA sometimes is fucking amazing. Like, this, to me, is what, like, Nico Price and Vicente Luque, like, usually is. The two times they fought. That's what this fight is, like, the women's version of. Two people that just fucking go for the finish all the time. And they're gonna, uh, it's gonna be super high-paced. I love it. I love everything about this fight. Uh, and the next fight that's super interesting to me is Charles Jordan versus Josh Coulibao. Coulibao, maybe. Um, if you guys don't know, you probably pronounce it Charles Jordan, but it's Charles Jordan. Um, that probably isn't even 100% accurate, but it's better than Charles Jordan. Um, he's a uh, French-Canadian and uh, fucking great, dude. Charles Air Jordan. He is um, a fucking exciting featherweight prospect. 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, he lasted his last fight, but it was close. And um, I want to say it was against Feely, maybe. Touchy Feely. Anyway, it was an awesome fight, and I think it's going to be another awesome fight. And speaking of awesome fights, um, in the middleweight division, actually, I sort of forgot that uh, Tom Breeze was still fighting. Not to say that he shouldn't be still fighting. I just haven't heard from him in a while. And I know he had taken a long layoff before that. So I just thought maybe he was not uh, like considering whether or not to, to keep fighting. But he's a young guy, and he's he's really fucking good. Tom Breeze has got heavy hands. And he's fighting a guy named Roman Kopilov, who uh, gave Carl Roberson a tough fight until Carl Roberson beat the fuck out of him, knocked him the hell out. Roman Kopilov, if you don't know, if you don't remember, was that guy with the like curly hair who has the baby face. Um, I love that guy, though. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun-ass fight, dude. Uh, I can't wait. So Tom Breeze versus Roman Kopilov. I said it was Popilov. I wrote down Kopilov. Now I have to look it up. God damn it. I hate me. Sometimes being me is awesome because I say funny things and I'm really good at accents and dialects. And I say things like Charles Jordan. But then I say things like Kopilov when it might be Popilov. Which, if it is, is pretty like weird. Da, 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 da. It's loading. It's loading. 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 Yeah, Kopilov. If if I'm wrong, the UFC website is wrong. That's what I'm going off of. Um, worth noting that I didn't write this down, but Court McGee is um, still listening on the fight card with a um, uh, like a TBA uh, opponent. And uh, what the fuck? I thought he was fighting uh, Carlos Condit. So I guess uh, I didn't know that Carlos Condit was out of the fight. I hope he's not. I hope this is a fucking fuck up from the UFC because if that fight is still on, super excited. And we're team natural born killer on the fucking fight with myself podcast. Make no mistake about it. So yeah. Um, otherwise, um, look forward to Court, Court McGee versus a random Walter White that they can find. Uh, but I am excited for fucking Jorgen DeCastro, dude. Uh, Jorgen DeCastro was going to be our guy to defeat Greg Hardy. And uh, I really thought he was going to be the one to do it. The way he fucking flatlined Justin Taffa. I was like, this is the guy. Uh, and then he didn't really get anything off. And it was super, super sad. I was finding a gentleman named Carlos Felipe, uh, who I don't know much about. No offense, but um, I hope Jorgen does work because I love... Um, I love the timeline whenever he fights because there's a, a lot of really cool people I follow that are from Cape Verde, Verde, whatever. I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Cape Verdean, um, namely Tev Talks and LT. Um, shout out to you guys. And I want uh, I want Jorgen to get the fucking win, dude. That's it. Comment event on this card is Jermaine Durandamy versus Juliana Pena. Can't fucking wait for for this fight. Um, because either Juliana Pena is going to wrestle fuck Jermaine and it's going to be like domination or she's going to come in and get like eaten knees to the face, which if I'm honest, the latter is more likely. Um, we forget Jermaine is like the best kickboxer in the women's division. And like so much of the Amanda Nunes didn't want to stand with her and, uh, maybe like top five out of all the roster, regardless of of male or female. So Jermaine Durandamy is probably going to beat the fuck out of Juliana Pena. I like Juliana Pena a lot, but, um, she annoyed me sometimes on the, on the commentary for Combate Americas, which I actually recently thought about, uh, trying to cover Combate Americas because I really been wanting to work on my Spanish. And, uh, I feel like if I had credentials to cover their events, that would just make me step up my game. But then I thought, 
well, I don't like get paid to do that. And I would be spending money to go to these events. So like, fuck that. But just know that it's on my mind, Campbell McLaren, if you're listening, because you follow me. I love Campbell McLaren. I said, I said, I made this tweet about Kevin Ailey. I was like, Kevin Ailey is a fucking hack, yo. And Campbell like quote tweeted. He's like, yeah, Kevin Ailey fucking uh, released an article about Combate Americas, which was completely false. And I was like, yeah, dude, fuck Kevin Ailey. <laughs> Kevin Ailey ain't shit. He probably was a hyping up Paulo Costa as well. Like, I've never seen a striker like Paulo Costa. But fuck you, Kevin Ioli. If you didn't come here for uh, unbridled and unabashed and uncalled for Kevin Ioli hatred, why did you come here? Because that's always going to be a part of this podcast. Fuck Kevin Ioli, yo. Anyway, the headliner for this card, the main event is Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. And I'm hoping Aldana catches a body, yo. I, I, I got to say, my my soul twin is probably the biggest Holly Holm fan ever. Um, Ashley, the MMA nerd, I love you. Uh, I love you more than you know. But um, I hope Irene fucking murders your girl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. <laughs> but yo, um, Irene Aldana is super fucking exciting to watch. When she knocked out Ketlin Vieira, I, I was so hyped. And I was like before that, dude, if you if you guys didn't see her fight with Leslie Smith, yo, that was an amazing fight. One of the best women's fights uh, ever, probably, uh, if I'm honest. Like, as far as three-round non-title fights, yo, check it out. Irene Aldana versus Leslie Smith. That was her debut, I believe. And then she's just been up from there. Leslie Smith got the win. But holy shit. And it was funny because Leslie was just coming off of fighting Cyborg and Cyborg's debut and she got fucking knocked out quick, obviously, because it was when Cyborg was just wrecking girls. And the commentators were like, maybe she just uh, wanted to fight like Cyborg. Like maybe she took the experience from that fight and was just like, well, let me just fight like Cyborg. And she just came after Irene and they had an amazing fight. She was doing spinning shit. Uh, man, Irene was all over the place. She trains with Alexa Grasso. They're like besties. So... Um, if you if you like one, you have to like the other. They're, they're a package. Like just so you know, they're a package. And uh, I think Irene Aldana is gonna uh, brutalize Holly Holm. But make no mistake, like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Holly Holm hatred because she gets these title shots that maybe she doesn't deserve. But sometimes I feel like no one else does really like. There's not always a clear number one contender in in the women's divisions. You know, uh, well specifically women's bantamweight. Like strawweight, it's pretty clear. Um, flyweight it's not that clear but that's a different story for a different podcast but um yeah irene uh i think deserves the next shot if she beats holly home and uh i i hope she gets it well what i wanted to say is that regardless of the hate holly home is uh, still a world-class kickboxer and is still very uh technical and defensively responsible that she could uh make this into uh she could very well control the pace of this fight like Irene tends to dictate the pace in her fights, but the way Holly's style works, there's a good chance she can dictate the pace. She could try and get her up against the phage and clinch, like she did against fucking Raquel Pennington the entire time, or like she did against uh Megan Anderson. She could do that. Um I hope Irene can get out of it and maybe hit her with some elbows on the break, and that'll be fucking amazing. And I'll just be like, Oh yes. Dude, I'm planning. Uh, I've been doing this thing because I, I think it kind of like puts it out in the universe. Like I told you guys I was going to do WAP if uh, Izzy won. Um, 
I, I've been listening to Despacito a lot lately. The the Spanish version, not the one with Justin Bieber. That one's fucking terrible. Um, well, it's not terrible. Like it still has most of the good parts of the song, but the beginning with Luis Fonsi that's in the Spanish version that isn't in the Justin Bieber version is fire. And uh, I was just thinking when I was breaking on this card, like I was like Aldancita, which is like little Aldana. Um, Anyway, it's just like when you add Cita, it like makes it like a term of endearment, like it's affectionate. And I fucking love Irene Aldana. So, um, yeah. Or maybe I'll think of uh, something else. Isn't isn't Irene's nickname like, isn't it like She-Wolf in Spanish or something? No? Oh, she. I think she trains in like Villalobos or something like that. Maybe that's why I was thinking about that because it lists her as having no nickname. We need to get her a fucking nickname. We need to give her like... Like She-Wolf. That's her fucking nickname, dude. I'm putting it out there right now. Her nickname is She-Wolf from now on. That's it, dude. That's it. My hands are tied now. Uh, there's no uh, argument to be had there because her nickname is now She-Wolf. Um, with that said, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and end the podcast here. But um, Decron said he was going to try and send a message in. So I'm just going to take a quick break to see if that message came through. And if not, I'm going to wrap up the show. Hey, Juice. What's up, brother? I'll just start by saying your boy looked great. He looked awesome last night. That was amazing. Um, Riddell versus De Silva. I just was screaming at the TV. I wonder when someone's having success on the feet why they shoot for takedowns, especially against a Brazilian dude. Like, I If I was his corner, I'd be shrieking at him. And uh, Hakeem. Representing our spot to the fullest, 403. I love Hakeem. What the hell was wrong with that one judge? And also telling him to stop cussing in the ring. Fuck you, Kevin. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great day. Love you, peeps. Bye. Yes, I'm super glad I waited for that. That was awesome. Yeah, dude. I didn't talk about this. I forgot. Like, yeah, dude. I think it's I think it's in the rules that you're not allowed to cuss or something like that. But I think it's like up to the ref to 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 kind of decide what what's that. It might be like offensive language, which which I take issue with the wording because a word is only as bad as you make it. Like if if you were to, if like Zubair were to call him the fucking Edward, like that's offensive as shit, and he should be fucking uh, fired for that. Um, but uh, but if but if Akeem wants to talk some shit and say uh, you know fuck you or whatever, like. Let him talk his shit, bro. I love it. It's part of it. It's part of fighting. You have to you have to let that shit happen. I love it. And yeah, I always forget that Hakeem is Canadian. Uh, because he I feel like he represents um his lineage uh more often. Like doesn't he carry the Nigerian flag usually? Um I don't think that's that's wild of me saying that. I'm pretty sure he does carry a flag that isn't the Canadian flag. But he certainly represents both. You know, and he's definitely proud of that. And I, I forgot to mention that he is Canadian because I love my Canadian sisters and brothers of the North. I seriously, um, depending on the result of the election, I'm going to try and maybe convince um, my family to move to to Canada. Um, we'll see if that happens. But I was also thinking about what, like, what if I fucking moved to New Zealand as well? Like that would be fucking hype as shit, dude. If I moved to New Zealand, I'd be unstoppable, dude. Unstoppable. <laughs> And at that, I'm going to stop this episode because I'm going to take it to like a, a different um, direction that I don't want to take it in. But I will say this um, in closing, you know, Israel Adesanya is the truth and fuck anyone who denies him of that. Uh, be kinder to each other. Even as I say, even as I'm talking my shit, be kinder to each other. Uh, we all need to be kind in this, in this climate. And uh, Black Lives Matter. 
And that is not a political statement. That is a human rights statement. And I will always talk about human rights on this podcast. And I talk about politics too. Like, I don't give a fuck. But uh, to say Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. Uh, the movement has been politicized in sort of a really wrong way. But but to say that Black Lives Matter, like, when did that become controversial? It's not saying Black Lives Matter more. It's not saying other lives don't matter. It's just saying Black Lives fucking matter. And we need to know that and live by that. So, yeah, dude. Black Lives Matter and good night and good fights.